The Auburn Tigers get a much-needed win. The big four score double digits, and is Trey Donaldson the most reliable freshman on this team? This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. A, we're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. This live edition, Zach Blackerby, Daryl Daprich here with you. This is the Locked On Auburn's, the Henry's Service Company postgame show. They're number 334-288-2700. We'll talk more about all the services they offer later in the show. But Daryl, Auburn picks up a huge win, a must-eaten win, 84-61 to on the road against Washington. Was it the prettiest and most efficient effort? Mm-hmm. But still, they uh, they got a big win here. They did. And what I like about it is that they did it at winning by 23 on the road with overcoming some deficiencies, some things that normally get you beat in a basketball game. Auburn overcame those with yep. really good shooting. And wow, that's nice to say. You know, normally if you turn it over that much, and you have the foul differential that you have in this basketball game, you're going to get beat. But Auburn shot itself out of its flaws tonight. Rebounded the basketball well, got a lot of offensive rebounds and second-chance points. Um, Did a really good job on Washington defensively, which that first half of basketball that Washington played was some of the worst. I mean, at one point, they had a big, fat bagel as far as three points. They were like zero of 12. Yeah, it was rough. So it was rough. So Auburn did a really good job, I think, defending them and uh, got some transition baskets. No, it wasn't pretty. It was a little bit, you know, sloppy at times. But they overcame the sloppiness by shooting their way out of it, and that's encouraging to me. I'm there with you, Daryl. I'm there with you. And the way that they did it, it was different guys stepping up at different moments of the game. It was a lot of Jalen Williams early. He kind of fizzled out over the course of the game. Wendell Green, not very effective, two of nine from the floor. But look, if you shoot it nine times and score 11 like he did, um, I like that. Getting to the free throw line, he went six of seven. Auburn shot 62% from the charity stripe tonight. That's not great. But still, just different guys stepping up in different parts of the game. That's that's what you're going to need from this team because there's no superstar. There's no clear-cut leading guy with the exception of Wendell when he's hot. I don't remember exactly what point in the basketball game it was. I believe it was in the second half. You just made a point about different guys stepping up at different points of a basketball game. Zepp Jasper only has three points in 19 minutes. Sure. But his three, to me, stemmed a little bit of the of a run that Washington was making and got the lead back to like nine or ten, and then Auburn went on a great run after that, got separation, never looked back. So although it was only three points, it was a big three points. It was a one of those moments, a watermark moment in a game where you go, okay, that was big. And, yeah, it's only three points, but I think it speaks to what you were saying. He stepped up, he hit the three, and it changed a little bit of flow and momentum in the basketball game at that moment. A big storyline going into this. You and I talked about it briefly on the radio uh, earlier today, Daryl. But the injuries of Wendell Green and Jalen Williams. Talked to Zepp Jasper. Put that podcast up. 
yesterday, and he said they were banged up a little bit. And both of them were kind of limited in practice throughout this week. Um, they looked okay, right? Are we are we happy with how those two guys looked, Wendell Green and Jalen Williams? Jalen Williams, for the first half and a little bit in the beginning of the second half, carried this team, kept this key, this team uh, at you know basically on on his back until everyone else got going. And, yeah. and so that was huge with the way he played at some at, at certain stretches during this basketball game. He was the only offensive option and did a really good job of keeping Auburn, you know, where they needed to be until the others stepped up. So I think that that was key. Wendell got going as the game went on. He looked right. again a little bit stiff and a little bit robotic and a little bit tentative in the first half. But I'm encouraged by the way he loosened up and became Wendell again to me in the second half. And he's got a week, right? He's got a week yes. now to kind of get his feet set, get that ankle healthy. And then it starts mattering, right, when when you play an SEC yeah. team coming up. So, to me, look, this Washington team's not good, Daryl. Mm -mm. Like, this isn't a good – this isn't going to be a quality win or anything. Like, I know they were 9-3 and three going to this game and all that's fine. But to me – this is a big win because of Auburn, not because of anything about Washington. Auburn just needed to beat a quality team or I guess a P5 team on the road. And they were able to do that and kind of get that gross taste out of their mouth from what happened against USC. And they don't have to think about it for a week as they prep for Florida. It is about Auburn. So what it, what it is is that Washington probably will finish – near the bottom of the Pac-12, uh, just looking at, at what they are and, and the talent level and the youth and that kind of thing. So when you look at this game, you say, okay, Auburn, and it being about Auburn, what should Auburn worry about? Auburn should worry about how they play. And you, when you look at this game on paper before it tips, you say a team like Washington, a mid-Pac-12 team or towards the bottom, yeah. on the road, Auburn should win by 20 to 25. And they did. So you got what you expected and you got, I mean, this isn't, you know, North Carolina a and I mean, it's still a power five pack 12 team in Seattle on the road. So if you, if you consider that and you win by 23, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you take it all day long and it makes you, you should feel good about this win with a week off before you play Florida, because again, you, you said it, Washington's not a very good basketball team, but either are some of the teams that came into Neville Arena that Auburn couldn't put away like this. True. So on the road, you take it, and I think it's a, it's something to build upon. Now, if you listen to the Pac-12 announcers, oh, they were great. PJ Carlson, I'm starting to figure out, and I'm starting to sympathize with Latrell Sprewell why he choked PJ Carlissimo. I'm just going to say that and leave it at that. I, I, I feel like I need to send uh, – Sprewell, a, a, an apology letter for all the things I said bad about him years ago. I, I, I sympathize with Latrell. Let's just put it that way. PJ was really pulling hard for the Huskies tonight, it seemed like. Yeah. yeah I mean, they're Pac 12 people. I, mean, I get it. I do. Yeah. Uh, Brian says this will be a quad two win. They were 91 in Ken Palm before the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of where you're at. I don't know if they're going to finish. Is that That's the key, is they're going to finish there because at the end of the year when they're selecting teams for the tournament, we can talk about all the, you know, quad one wins change to quad two and quad twos jump to quad ones. And Brian, I respect his opinion. I, he knows a lot about basketball. 
and and you know I know who he is, and so I get it. It's just that the eyeball test, and maybe it's Auburn. Maybe Auburn caused Washington to look so porous on offense in the first half with some of the things they did. They did look forced. Everything did look tough. So it is, it, but it may. I, I think at the end of the year, you may mm-hmm. see that drop a little bit as far as the level of a quad of a win that is. Yeah. All right. For folks in the live chat, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Comment. Who do you think the freshman on this roster, which freshman can you rely the most on on this roster? Is it Trey Donaldson? Is it Chance Westry moving forward? Is it Yoan Treor? I want to hear your thoughts, and Daryl will chat about that in a second. I think it's Trey Donaldson, which I would not have said that going into the season. I may have not said that a month ago. Hey, this is the Henry's Service Company postgame show. And we want to encourage you guys to check out our friends at the Henry's Service Company. You can call them at 334-288-2700. Daryl uses them both uh, at his residence as well as his company. But also, you know, it, it's cold. It, it's signing day. And uh, it was a little, uh, it went Auburn's way. A lot of freezing jokes. But look, if you don't cover your outdoor water faucets or uh, let your water drip overnight. And if you live in an older house, especially uh, open your cabinet doors, let the warm air circulate when temps are in the teens in the, uh, in the twenties. But if you do suffer a frozen pipe, you can call Henry's service company at 334-288-2700. Don't forget your tankless water heaters. And many of those are located outside. So drip those as well. And uh, of course they service those and our friends at the Henry service company. They um, they wish everyone listening and watching a very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for supporting this show. Trey Donaldson has been impressive to me. And, and you look at his stats, Daryl, they're not the, – I mean, tonight it wasn't anything super flashy, right? Just uh, like a plus-minus of three and, you know, didn't score a whole lot. But just the – it seemed like everything moved quicker and effective. When he was in, I, I've been very impressed with Trey Donaldson. It really does. The flow looked good. I love his his uh, court vision, the way he looks up and gets the ball up the floor. Nice pass to Broom at some point again to stem a little momentum. Um, he gets he gets the ball inside and penetrates and then decides what he's going to do with it um, and kicks it out. He's still look. You know, I want to stay positive, but we also have to point out this is the third time in the last two games and Bruce Pearl absolutely lost his mind. Mm -hmm. He's got to quit running out and fouling three point shooters, especially with the way Washington was shooting the basketball. You have to know your opponent, know what they're doing. And so other than that, the flow, he's playing more mature than a freshman. I like the way he distributes the basketball. I like that he doesn't force the ball or, you know, doesn't have, there were times in that basketball game where it was so turnover centric and Trey Donaldson was not a part of that. He was making good decisions with the basketball. Mm. I also want to go back to something because we had it in the comments that Brian mentioned about it being a crazy statement that Auburn should win this game by 25 on the road when they were only a three-point favorite. I want to sure, clarify. Curtis. Yeah, I want to clarify. What, what I meant was maybe before this game tips on paper, you don't look at that and say, okay, it's a 9-3 and three team. They're a Power 5 school. But after you watch this team play – and you look back on it, this is a game that Auburn basically, you come out of this looking like 
you put this team away, you should. I, I just don't see Washington. It's a great win. I like it. It's it's on the road. But let's be honest, from an eyeball test standpoint, Auburn did what they should have done tonight. I don't care what they were favored or what the spread said. Watching this game play out in with your own eyeballs, Auburn did, I think, what Auburn should have did. And that's what we were talking about with Auburn worrying about Auburn. Yeah, I'm there with you. Once again, this game had nothing to do with Washington from an Auburn perspective. This was all about Auburn, just Auburn being Auburn. But seriously, focusing on Auburn, taking that step forward, getting some confidence. And look, I, I still have questions about this lineup. And Michael just dropped a comment in the live chat kind of asking about the, the rotations and, and things like that. And I liked how this looked tonight, Daryl. I really did. The, the turnovers were bad, and I, I don't think rotation is really going to impact that a ton. It might over the course of the season. We'll see. I just kind of think that's who this team is. And sometimes it's going to work, and sometimes it's not. I just think that's who this team is. But I don't think this rotation is going to stick when Wendell's healthy. Because how many minutes did Wendell play tonight? Uh, 21. He needs to play more than 21 minutes, Daryl. Wendell Green needs to probably play close to 30 minutes most nights, right? Am I off on that? Well, I would say he does a week ago, but things change during the course of the season, and you have to adjust. And part of the reason why you play a non-conference schedule is to figure out some things and to get your rotation set when you play conference. For instance... You see a lot of teams go with 11 or 12-man rotation in non-conference, and that bench shrinks when they get to the conference and it's only eight or nine. Yep. Maybe Bruce Pearl looks at this and says, initially I was having to count on Wendell to play 27 or 28 minutes a game, but through these non-conference games, Trey Donaldson has emerged a little bit. I can back Wendell's minutes down to 24 or 25 and give Trey 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. And I like that. That's the sweet spot for me. Give Trey Donaldson 15 to 18 minutes and Wendell 23 to 27, 24 to 28. And I don't think you overuse either one. And I think I like that distribution of minutes. And maybe that's what happens. Jesse points out only 17 three attempts. Seems like they're being more selective there. Is there any correlation with that and Wendell playing less minutes, do you think? Because you, you look at it, Wendell only shot mm -hmm. five, which is low yeah. for him. The other guards, let's see, Zep only shot two, which is pretty normal. Katie only shot one. Trey Donaldson only shot one. So your guards are shooting like 10? 10 combined threes? Just some quick math there. Like that's and you that know is amazing? not Bruce Pearl-esque. No, and what's amazing about that is Washington went heavy, you know, zone, and Almer did a really good job of adjusting and carving that zone up in the second half, getting the ball into the middle and and then kicking it. And I just did a great job, you know, penetrating the zone. But typically against a zone, you're going to shoot more threes. I mean, you're not going to drive. You're not going to penetrate because that's what a zone is designed to keep you away from. And they were playing a, a – this, I was watching, and it, it, the, the zone looked like, you know, they were playing three high. Yeah. They were really coming out and extending on the guard. So kudos to Auburn for realizing that if, the you know, we, we have a way, we found a way to beat the zone, let's stick with that and not continually overshoot threes. But the reason why they didn't is you nailed it. Wendell didn't shoot as many, and KG, K, KD didn't shoot as many. Therefore, the, the overall – 
three total was down. So the the live chat conversation has shifted to Chance Westry. So we will follow you guys there. Christian asked, why isn't Coach playing Chance? Put him in. And, you know, saying he may transfer at the end of the year if Bruce keeps doing this. Um, I just don't know how you can feel confident playing him right now, which is crazy. It's crazy that I'm saying that. If you would have told me I would be saying that going into the season, I would have been like, did something go wrong with his knee? Like, is his knee not recovering correctly? But I think he's out of position, Daryl. Like, I, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, I, I don't think he's a point guard right now. No, that's one of the things we talked about. Why we feel like he's struggling is he's playing out of position. But look, you have to win basketball games. You can't coach worried about a kid getting his feelings hurt. I know it's the transfer portal era and people coach differently, but you you have to win games. You have to put players on the floor that give you the best chance to win. Nice play on words. And Chance, yes, nice. Westry, did not, has not done that the last two or three games. I mean, he played one minute, had two turnovers against USC. He just looks out of sync. So if you're Bruce Pearl, you pull him aside, you reassure him that, look, I'll ease you back in, and you'll be a big part of this basketball team next year, right? I mean, if he's not getting the minutes, he thinks he's – but it's Pearl's obligation to, to find the best rotation. If that's nine or ten guys – and Chance isn't a part of that rotation, so be it. He's got to win basketball games, not soothe feelings. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Uh, I like, okay, Clay said, I would really like to see Zepp at the one and Wendell at the two when they're both in the game. I don't think I, don't think I know what Wendell looks like off ball. And I don't know if you guys heard, but the conversation that I put up yesterday where I interviewed Zepp, I asked him point blank. I'm like, do you practice at the one ever? Because he looked pretty natural when he subbed in against USC. He looked good. I think the offense actually looked better when he was at the one. And he's like, I haven't practiced at the one since last year, is what he said. A little surprising. Thought they would kind of practice a contingency type thing, but I guess not. So I don't know. Like, Clay, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't think that that's even on their radar or Zep would be doing that in practice. And like, they're not even running that stuff. That's concerning to me uh, based upon two factors. Number one, he played, he was our starting point guard last year. So you're not putting him in any kind of foreign territory. An SEC champion point guard. Exactly. Yeah. And then number two, if you do that, you can get Chance Westry out of the one position and play him at the two where he looks more natural. But again, it goes back to what we talked about on the last live podcast. When you do that, you're giving your best on-ball defender less minutes. And I think that Bruce Pearl likes the combination of Wendell's creativity, mm -hmm. his ability to create, and then Zepp's defending. And, and, and look, stroking some open threes, right? So I think that, that that's what you lose, but you have to do it. I think, but, but do you have to do it now? Now that I look at it with the emergence of Trey Donaldson, why, you know, leave Zepp at the two, leave him alone if Trey has emerged as a viable backup point guard option, and he has. So I I would just I just I wouldn't put Westry at the one over Zep. I would make sure that Zep plays more one than Chance does. But Trey's earned the minutes. I, I just again, you're not doing something that's foreign. He did it last year and he started. Yeah, and then Wendell came off the bench, and Wendell played more minutes than Zep most nights. Right last year, it's like it worked. 
it worked. And then you had you had KD, and then you know I, I think you can kind of put somebody in that role, and then uh, you have KD, and then you can have Westry, and like I just feel like that would work. But I don't think. I mean, we can speculate on that all we want, Daryl. They're not practicing that, according to what Zep said. And I posted the link to the Zep interview if you guys want to watch that later. Um, it's not very long, but I just feel like they'd be working on that. And I don't think you can install that the week before conference play when these kids are about to, like, as soon as they land back in Auburn, they're probably going home for Christmas. And so there's no, like, you can't just install that. I don't you think. Can't. No. I think there's angles of it where, like, Zep, Zep's a natural point guard, like, mm-hmm. and he'll tell you that that's his natural position. So I think that aspect of it's fine, but still just the balance of it all. I don't want the trial and error of that happening against Florida. I just don't. I think Bruce Pearl, by, by you revealing in that interview that he hasn't been practicing him at the one feels comfortable enough at the maturation of Zep Jasper and how much basketball he's played. And the fact that he is, that's his natural position that if he has to do it, He's going to do it. I mean, I'm, you know, Lindsey Crosby would love this analogy, but it's like a guy in baseball that's playing out of position all year to get his bat in the lineup. Right. And then all of a sudden they've got to slide him back over to second base, which is his natural position. And he just does it because that's his, that's what I think we're looking at right here is out of necessity. You keep Zep in at his non-natural position because of his defensive skills. But if you got to slide him over, in an emergency necessity situation, I think Bruce Pearl just feels comfortable enough that he can. Here's here's something. Spencer and Charlotte, I guess they share a YouTube. From my count, only four turnovers in the second half. I just confirmed that. Yep. So they had Auburn had. Yes. Shout yes, out is, to Spencer, by the that, way. That is correct. Long time, long time friend. So I'm, I'm glad to see him longing in and participating. So you think it's Spencer, not Charlotte, is what you're going? Well, with. It, Charlotte's his wife. I, I assume so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're both watching. Darryl. Or his daughter. Um, <laughs> it was nice to meet your daughter, by the way. Yeah, that's, at the that's Christmas party last night. Uh, a little inside joke. That was my wife, and uh, people think she looks a lot younger than me. So now, good for you, Trey. Yeah. Trey like was waiting for the show to start. Did you see Trey Lee's comment? He left no, I did not. Right yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I'll right. shave this beard. <laughs> uh, Christian had a hot take. I'm trying to here it is. Christian with a hot take. He says, Hot take. I would like to see Broom and Cardwell on the floor at the same time. Cardwell deserves more playing time. So mm. I, I agree with you that Cardwell has done good with his minutes, but I think Janai just offers so much more off of um. I mean, just every kind of part of the offense. And so I don't know if I fully do that because then you got to put him at the four. It's like, well, do you want to take more minutes away from Jalen? It's like, probably not. So I think I, I think two things could be true. I can want more minutes from Dylan, but I don't want him to take any minutes from anybody else. <laughs> I think that it's an intriguing uh, question uh, it, by Christian. And I understand that because you're going big in that scenario. But what you end up doing, Dylan Cardwell is is not an offensive, much of an offensive threat. He's good around the rim with putbacks, alley-oop dunks, and he's a defensive dynamo. So you end up taking a scoring threat off the floor if you put those two together. 
in Jalen Williams. And with a team that kind of struggled to score a little bit through the early part of this season, I think you need all the scoring that you can muster. And so you take – he's a, a little bit of an offensive liability, so you take a, a score like Williams off the floor when you put those both together. I think that's why it'd be a difficult sell. Harrison, a good friend of mine, says, am I the only person in the world who thinks Dylan Cardwell has digressed over the past four games? I don't, I don't know if he's gotten better. Or, I just think Dylan Cardwell is Dylan Cardwell. He is at, who he is. Point. He's I mean, Dylan Thomas Cardwell. Yeah, and, and I think that's good. I think it's a valuable yeah. asset to your basketball program. Three for three for six points. He played 12 minutes. His plus minus was eight. He got four rebounds. Um, yep, he got a steal. He usually gets a block or two in the, that amount of time. He didn't have a block tonight. But like, I don't know if he's getting – I wouldn't say he's getting better or worse, Harrison. I, I think Dylan Cardwell is just Dylan Cardwell. He's getting a few less minutes, which may be why Harrison thinks he's regressing a little bit. And when that tells me with him getting less minutes is actually a good sign because that means Broom's getting healthier with that foot and getting more minutes. And so Auburn's more comfortable keeping Broom out there for almost 30 minutes. But look, every, I've said this early on. Every team that wants to compete for a championship at any level needs guys like Dylan Cardwell. He's unselfish. Yeah. He comes off the bench and gives you instant energy. Mm-hmm. He can He's highlight reel. When he does score, it's, it, it's, it's uplifting. It's emotional uplifting. He doesn't just come down the floor and do a little baby hook. He usually throws it on top of somebody's freaking head. There's some conviction then, in it, right. When, it, when he blocks shots, he sends it halfway up. So that's the thing. He He's exciting. He's instant excitement. You've got to have guys like that. Yeah, I'd like to see him get more than 12 minutes a game. But with the way Broom was playing tonight, you couldn't keep him off the floor. Jesse asked, is Daryl <clears throat> out kicking his coverage? I think so. That's I think hilarious. It's, it's say. more like a fair catch. But, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, Let's see. Auburn had 12 people play tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what it is, right? And they also won by a lot. I, I don't think that's going to be totally normal. You know, that's something that was interesting. We've talked about how when Auburn starts to get to its uh, <clears throat> conference schedule in some of these Power 5 schools, we yeah. wouldn't see them out-depth teams. They did have the depth advantage over Washington. Washington had a couple freshmen. They had a guy out. I think Washington went about seven or eight in its rotation. Auburn was able to go 12 deep. And, you, and look, all we heard about from P.J. Carlissimo was how Washington was, what, plus 87 in the second half, their second-half team. Yeah, the greatest second-half team ever. The greatest yeah. second-half. Six of their nine victories have, have come were I comebacks. I think he actually said Washington created the second half. It, that's what he said. Yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. Gosh. On the seventh day. but And Auburn took them to the woodshed in the Darryl, second I'm half. I'm sorry. Do you know how I knew, <laughs> okay, I'm watching the Pac-12 network for the first time in my life? Do you want to know what kind of set it off for me? Is it no. the, bo- the bottom ticker, it had Pac-12 wrestling. I'm like, oh, okay. We're somewhere new here. This is yeah. new. This is different. Yeah. Wait till you see the Pac-12 men's volleyball ticker which will show up later in the year because that is a sport in the Pac-12. I believe it. You're a Pac-12 guy. You would know. Well, I'm an SEC guy now. I'm just, yeah, more just still familiar with it a little bit. But, no, yeah. Yeah, I'm just teasing. I live and die with uh, – it's funny because I, 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 I saw that ticker and I'm thinking, again, in the spring, little little men's volleyball down there. 
Uh, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Whatever. That's a good question down there about where would Washington be in the SEC? Just curious. What's your, um, what's your gut on that? I'm thinking uh, bottom half. Bottom is- feeders, yeah. I, I can't imagine. I mean, even Vanderbilt and I think old I think they're better than Ole Miss, uh, obviously. Um and but you know, I'd have to see what Georgia looked like again. Maybe Ole Miss and Georgia they'd be better than, but other than those two, I think I'd put them in the bottom third easily. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the SEC right now because I think largely it has to do with Kentucky just totally just pooping the bed at this point. But where do you feel like I I don't feel as good about this Auburn team now as I did going into the season. But Mm -hmm. looking at the rest of the SEC, like I don't feel super great about any SEC team. I'm going to put the standings up right there. That's on the SEC's website. But just looking at it, it's like, okay, you've got Arkansas. You got LSU. That's just because of total record, though. I mean, obviously, this is going to change in a few weeks once they start playing each other. But I think Arkansas, if I had to pick the best team right now, I'd probably say Arkansas. I'm not super sold on LSU. I'm not super sold on Mississippi State. I'm not super sold on Missouri. Right. I mean, Alabama, I think, is going to be really good. It just depends what night you play them, similar to last year. And I, I don't think Tennessee's as good as they thought they would be. Kentucky's certainly not. And so it's like, can Auburn be a top four team and get a double buy in the tournament? Yeah, I think so. And that's by default. I agree. LSU, Mississippi default. State. Yeah, yeah, that's right. L- LSU, Mississippi State, and um, Missouri are an aberration right now. What they're doing, I don't think they're going to do in conference. I mean, Mississippi State just lost to Drake, uh, which you know Drake should be a Butler in London, not a basketball team. And they that's got they true. got they got that's, paid. That's yeah, they struggled against Nickel State, Jackson State. So that the, the chickens came home to roost with the Mississippi State. I think LSU is it, again they're they're a paper champion right now. I don't think that that is going to not a champion, but that that's not what they're going to be. And I don't think Missouri is either. I still think your five dudes that the five teams at the beginning of the year. Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, and Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those are the ones that, you know, and, and, and it could flip-flop. So, yeah, Al- Auburn can definitely slide into that top four spot. Now, what you need to look out for is what typically happens in the SEC every year. One or two teams comes out of nowhere that really wasn't very good the year before mm-hmm. and just slides into that top four spot. And you're like, where'd this team come from? So, you know, there could be a, a surprise in the, yeah. in the SEC, somebody that could emerge. Um, but no, Auburn by default, like you said, I think could definitely be considered right now at least top six, top five in the conference, if just by default and somehow the, the inconsistency of what's going on right now. Yeah, folks in the live chat, the hundred plus of you guys in the live chat right now, give me if you had to predict right now, and I don't care the order, your top four SEC teams when seeding is done for the SEC tournament. Would you put Auburn there? For me, Daryl, in no particular order, it's Arkansas, Alabama. I'm going to put Auburn in there right now, just because I kind of feel, I kind of, I'm, I'm booging a little mm-hmm. bit, and then I'm going to say Kentucky figures it out and like slides into that fourth spot. I, uh, I, I think I would add Tennessee to that mix. I watched a lot of their game on the road against Arizona. Uh, they played really, really well. Uh, you're a Pac-12 beat- guy. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I watched that. That's a SEC and a Pac-12 matchup, right? So I had wow. a, a really vested interest. But I like watching SEC teams play other leagues so I can see what how they measure up when conference play starts. And Tennessee looked pretty good. I mean, you know, they 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 beat USC and beat some teams. I mean, I, I think that they'll be there as well. Arkansas had a guard today announced that he wasn't playing the rest of the year because of knee management. I think his name was Mike Smith, uh, which is a pretty generic name. It's not a name I just made up, I promise you. But uh, he, I, I did see the tweet where um, he's not playing the rest of the year because of knee management, which is was, new was to he, me. Was he, like, playing a lot? Was he a rotational guy? I, I, it could, that, that's what I don't know because I didn't get a chance to dig. But the fact that it was mentioned made me think that he may be somebody that was in the rotation. Yeah, uh, know, that, that would make sense. Knee management, yeah. So that's I thought that was, like, a, a, a major – uh, at, at a college, what do you what do you major? That's something Auburn could knee, could maybe get to get guys to transfer in the transfer portal. Yeah, let's get sports management first. Goodness yeah. gracious, sports add management. that as a degree. What do we there do you, in Auburn? There you All right, go. Christian says Arkansas, Alabama, Kentucky, and Auburn. I think that's what I said, so I agree with that. Michael says Auburn, Arkansas, Bama, Kentucky. That's the same thing, just in a different order. AU Tiger 97 said Alabama LSU. Wow. Arkansas mm -hmm. and Auburn. Harrison says Bama, Arkansas, UK, and UT. So no Auburn for Harrison. Um I think all of those make sense. I think I, I think yeah, the, the LSU by saying something different. Clay saying Auburn. Or yeah, Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Alabama. So yeah, I mean everybody's saying like the same six schools. Does the L the LSU one's a head scratching to me? And I'll tell you why. Remember the mass exodus of players and recruits. I mean, Johan Trehor was committed to, to to LSU before the Will Wade firing, but all these players like jumped in the transfer portal, left that program desolate. They lost their recruits. So I don't know how they're doing what they're doing right now, but that's gonna that's gonna come to an end. I, I can't imagine that's going to continue. When conference play starts, reality, I think, is going to set in. Yeah. How do you feel about Florida sitting at 7-5 and five, um, going into conference play? Obviously, that's who Auburn plays a week from now. New coach, obviously, that knows Bruce really well. Bruce knows him. I think Florida's in a rebuilding situation. Right. Um, and so I like that matchup to start the season it's in, with. It's in Neville, right? Correct. It's Auburn's at home. Hosting, so that, and it that looks helps. like, and it looks like, and again, I don't never, I never know with the coach buzz team, how it's going to turn out. It looks like Texas A&M has regressed somewhat this year as well, too. Sure. They're struggling. Uh, South Carolina loses Frank Martin. They're trying to figure it out. Um, so, you know, Ole Miss, I mean, I, they, they lost last night to North Alabama, right? So that was a, yeah, pretty pretty embarrassing loss. So I think they they've got a long road ahead. So just you, you can go and look at the have nots, and just by default, there's five or six have nots that I don't think are tournament worthy. So you're right, you know by by default, you're right there over five <laughs> yeah, or six teams. Yeah, list list the have nots real quick for me. Who who oh. has no chance in Daryl Dapridge's mind to make the postseason tournament? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and say LSU is going to end up there at that situation. Ole Miss, A&M, South Carolina, and either Vanderbilt or Missouri. So if you count all of those, that's yeah, that's six. Yeah. That's and if six. you have both Vanderbilt and Missouri, you have seven. 
that I mean, so you you're middle of the pack just by default by not sucking. Yeah, just be better than them, right? Just be better than just that like that old adage that you know if a bear's chasing you, I don't have to be faster than the bear. I just have to be faster than you, Zach. That's right. That's right. right. Um, hopefully, we never run into that situation. No, I, I I'm not hoping for that situation. So yeah, I'm not like wishing that. Like I don't know where we'd ever run into that situation. Like we would come across a bear. Yeah. Now in the chat, can you outrun a bear? Yes or no? Daryl, thank you so much for doing this. I'm looking forward to doing this a week from now. That's going to be a lot of fun talking about SEC play. That'll be a blast. And uh, we'll be here. We'll be here doing this yeah. uh, despite the holiday season. We will We will be doing this. We'll take a step away from our families and join this family. And speaking of that, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, your family, and everybody that, that listens and watches as part of this podcast. Really appreciate you guys. Storm, which we confirmed last show that that is his real name. Storm says we have black bears in Alabama. I'm so sure we do. Has, I just don't know the conversation. Yeah, I agree. I just didn't know when we're me and you were going to run into them. Um, I don't leave my house that often since I work yeah. from home. So there you go. Unless they come over to be on the podcast, I'm probably not going to talk to one. <laughs> KJ Britt's inviting them, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody! Thank you guys so much for uh, supporting this show, and uh, thank you so much. To Henry Service Company for sponsoring this post-game action every single game for the rest of the Auburn basketball season. On tomorrow's Locked on Auburn, I will recap everything that happened today uh, from an early signing day perspective. What a huge day for Auburn. Mm. It was freezing all day mm. today, which was a lot of, lot of fun. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.